Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details and terms and conditions and data management info. And thank you for joining me again this morning on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have not only one of my favorite guests on the show, but one of my favorite people anywhere on the planet with me, and that's PGA Tour professional Paul Stankowski. Paul's not only a great golfer, but he's a ten times better person. I've had such a great time every time he's joined me on the show, so uh, this is going to be a really fun segment. Uh, Paul will be along to join me in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to kick off the show like we do every single week here on Next on the T by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military. We want to thank you for your daily sacrifices and all that you do to keep the rest of us safe. We also want to thank those of you who serve or have served in every branch of the military and public service. We truly appreciate what you do to preserve our freedoms and our liberties. It's through your strength and efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It's an honor for us to be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. We also want to thank those of you listening in on iHeartRadio as well as great radio sites across the Internet like Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Player.fm, and Blog Talk Radio as well. Also want to give a special shout-out to our good friends Mike Kovacs, Ben Kerr, and Mark Medeski, and the rest of the great staff over at LastWordOnSports.com. Check those guys out online and on Twitter. I'm telling you, folks, their site is just fantastic and contains great content across every sport. And their staff of writers are just wonderful. You're going to love going to their site every day for your sports, uh, your sports news. If you haven't been there yet, check it out and then bookmark it. Again, LastWordOnSports.com. Plus, if someone's dragging you to the mall or to the grocery store, or you're just tired of the same old, same old on your commute, download the Player.fm or Stitcher app and, uh, on your smartphone and take us with you everywhere that you go. Let us give you something fun to focus on while you're out and about. Our show is brought to you by the great folks over at Kyvan Foods. Former Bengals and Falcons tight end Reggie Kelly has created a wonderful array of products. His salsas, sauces, and spices are all natural and fantastic, and they're going to liven up everything you put out on your table, whether whether it's your lunch, you know, your dinner, every recipe that you've got out there. Check those guys out online and wow your friends uh, with what you've got. You can find them at kyvan82.com, and kyvan is K-Y-V-A-N, the number 82.com. All right, back back with me now on the Kyvan Foods guest line. Like I say, is one of my favorite guests of all time, and that's PGA Tour Pro Paul Stankowski. Let me remind you a little bit about Paul's background. He's from Oxnard, California. Started playing golf at the age of eight. 
He attended the University of Texas at El Paso, where he was a three-time All-American and won the Western Athletic Conference Championship in 1990. Turned pro in 91. His first pro victory on the Nationwide Tour, uh, actually, what's the Nationwide Tour now? It was the Nike Tour, was back in 1996 at the Louisiana Open. He backed that up by winning the very next week on the PGA Tour at the Bell South Classic here in Atlanta, becoming the only golfer in history to win on the Nationwide Tour and PGA Tour in back-to-back weeks. In all, Paul has seven professional victories and 31 top 10 finishes, and I'm honored to have him next on the tee with me again this morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing, my friend? Good morning, Chris. I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, you and your family, good Christmas, good New Year's? You know, it was quiet. Yeah, we hung out here in uh, in Dallas at home, and uh, it was a quiet Christmas, Christmas Day. We got up uh, like we did last year and headed to the movies and realized on our way there that, yeah, we didn't pre-order tickets, and, and uh, they were sold out like they were the year before, but I'd forgotten. So we uh, we made a little mental note that next year on Christmas Day when we head to the movies, we better have tickets in hand and be about an hour early. Because I, I figured we were the only ones going to the movie on Christmas Day, but it seems like we're not. And I lost you. When we uh, we thank our military who have served and you know continue to serve us, you know in, you know around the world, not only just in our own country but around the world, you know Paul's father. Uh, spent many years in the military. His mom also, uh, you know, very supportive of the military. I think we got Paul back. Paul, you with us? I'm here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, you know what? Obviously, with technology, you figured the phones would be better than that in the car, but uh, I apologize. Nah, uh, no worries. Uh, I was just saying, Paul, you know, the last time we talked, your father, who had, who spent many years serving in our military, was uh, was headed in for knee surgery. Just wanted to check, how's your dad doing? Yeah, Dad's doing good. He's home. Uh, he spent most of 2014 in uh, in surgery, in rehab, uh, in a little rehab clinic, and and uh, I think he I think he spent more days either in the hospital or rehab uh, than he did at home in 14. So uh, everyone's glad to have him back in the house, and and uh, you know the knee's not perfect, uh, but it's uh, you know he he got he has about 80 80 degrees. Uh, of uh, what do you call it, range of motion, and uh, yeah, so he may, he may have one more procedure done on it, but I mean he had he had it cut on five times, and from December of thirteen through uh, November or early December of uh, of fourteen, so it was a it was a rough year for pops, but uh, you know mom's a trooper and she she took care of him, and my brother is living there with them, and and he's been a huge help, so um, they're doing well, and I, I'm looking I'm gonna go see him. Uh, hopefully in February uh, for his 85th birthday. And uh, nice. Yeah, he's doing well. Thanks for asking. That's great. Before we get to you know stuff you know on the tour and on the course, uh, you're the co-owner of Francis Edward Company, which specializes in producing custom exotic leather goods. You guys, you know, were the uh, you know one of the top choice awards at the PGO show last year. The 2015 show is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Can you kind of give us a peek into what people might find at your booth this year? Um, yeah, we're you know much of the same from last year, uh, but we've added a few pieces, which we will do uh, really every show going forward. Um, we're small, we're still growing, and uh, we do custom exotic belts, uh, really like a cut-to-fit belt, but made out of out of really nice uh, leathers and mostly uh, exotic skins: uh, lizard, shark, ostrich, uh, alligator.
navigator, that type of stuff. And, uh, but right. we've got uh, we've got a couple pieces that we'll uh, we'll be showing uh, that are different, unique. Uh, think of uh, you know that that gift you get that guy who has everything. Um, yeah. That's really our our, cu- our customer. We sell through the the uh, the pro shops, the you know the country club pro shops, and and a lot of high end stores. And um, so sometimes you know that Father's Day gift, we're like, what do I get this guy? What do I get my dad? He has every you know. Well, we, we've yeah. got we've got that something special for him. So uh, that'll be fun, and and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's a long three days, but you know this is our our Super Bowl, if you will, um, or training camp, however you want to look at it. You know, they're yeah. both important, and uh, we, we got to we've got to have a good show. And uh, but we have great products, and and uh, we just hired, and are in the process still of hiring a uh, a great sales team across the country, and and uh, so I look forward to some some fun, uh, good things in 2015 for Francis Edward. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I love the photos you've been sharing out on your Twitter feed. The Belts and Wallace just look absolutely outstanding. If uh, if folks aren't aware of it, please go check out Paul's Twitter feed, at Paul Stankowski. That's uh, some great stuff. So, Thanks. Paul, your, uh, your first win on the PGA Tour, like I said in the intro, came here in Atlanta at the Bell South Classic. You were actually the sixth alternate for that event. So you weren't even supposed to be there. So first of all, talk about how did you get into the event? Well, I, I had, uh, I got my card in, in 94 and kept my, my card that season, the last tournament of the year. So I played all of 95 as a fully exempt player and came down to the last tournament in 95 was San Antonio. And uh, all I needed to do was make the cut to get my card back. And I missed the cut. Um, so I had to go back to Q school in the fall of '95 and and regained my card through Q school. So I played '96 out of the Q school category, um, which uh, didn't get me in every week. And so I was uh, an alternate in Atlanta, uh, the sixth alternate. The week before was the Players Championship uh, on the PGA Tour, and so I wasn't in that field. So I went down and played on the uh, the Nike Tour at the time, Web.com now in, in Louisiana, yeah. and, and uh, I, I was on coming off the heels of my first made cut of the season uh, the week before in New Orleans on the PGA Tour. And I, I played the West Coast cutless. Um, I missed the cut in Honda on, on the Florida swing and, and uh, took a week off actually before New Orleans, went fishing with some old guys from my church. And, and anyway, I went, uh, went to New Orleans, made the cut, actually had a good first day. And, and uh, you know, I went in Lafayette. And so I, the year before, in 95, I'd met – and stayed with the family, uh, the Masons, in uh, in Atlanta, in Marietta. And uh, so I wanted to go back and hang with them. My wife didn't go in 95, and so I wanted to bring her and, and introduce her to Steve and Judy Mason and their great kids, Lindsay and Reed. And, and uh, so we, we chose, after I won Lafayette, the tour asked me, hey, you want to go to Tallahassee to play on the, on the Nike Tour um, or your sixth alternate in Atlanta? I said, well, we'll go to Atlanta. If I don't get in, at least we'll hang out with friends and, and have a good time. And and uh, so we chose to head to uh, the ATL and, and went and found out Wednesday that Steve Hart had pulled out with a bad back, and and uh, I got his spot. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, so it all fell into place really nicely for you. Good for you. Um, yeah. You defeated Brandel Shambly on the first sudden death hole by sinking a, a tricky little right-to-left putt. Did did you allow yourself to think about, you know, the Oh no! My first 
you know, uh, you know, tour event here, and you're lining up that last putt, and you're on, you know, in the sudden death playoff against a guy like Brandel Chambly, you know, is that is that a is that a knee knocker for you? You know, is what's it like trying to sit over that putt and have the opportunity to win on the PGA Tour versus uh, you know dealing with the, you know the nerves? Does that creep in when you look at you know having won the week before? The thing that I'm you know curious about does you know does that fill you with confidence the week before having won, even though it's not on the PGA Tour, it's on the Nike Tour? What's that like? I think we got Paul back with us again. You with us, Paul? I'm here, yeah, and and what that's like is the same. Um, I, I've won on the uh, the mini tour level. I've won in college, uh, and obviously the biggest level, and and it's the same feeling. Uh, the, you don't have like a a set of nerves that are back there somewhere in your body that are reserved for like really really big moments. It's the same yeah. nerve structure, and and uh, I was just as nervous uh, making uh, on the back nine in a in a gateway tour event playing against. Ten other people, literally, there was eleven guys in the field, uh, two of which were amateurs, and uh, I was just as nervous down the stretch, and, and I needed a four putt the last hole, and I still had the same nerves I did in Atlanta and I did in Lafayette. <laughs> so it's uh, it's nerve wracking. I, I was never really comfortable in uh, in in under that pressure. I hated it. Um, it. It's what I did, but I hated it. It wasn't something that I thrived on. I think Tiger probably thrived on the pressure. I hated yeah. it. I wanted the thing over. I wanted to get out of there and go to Chipotle or, or back in the day it was McDonald's. Um, so that was my deal. I just, I'm like, get me out of here. I remember, I remember in Lafayette Saturday driving home from the golf course. I'm going to, I'm going to open up here and, and kind of expose something about me, but I'm driving with my wife back to our house that we were staying at with uh, Carl and Monica bro in Lafayette. And, and I'm driving to the house and I start crying uh, because I, I tell her, I said, I, I am so, I hate it. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. And she's like looking at me dumbfounded, like, what are you talking about? And I said, I, I don't want to be here. She's like, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid to fail? I said, I think I'm afraid to win. And it was it was one of those moments that, that was an eye-opener. And then, what, lo and behold, I win the next week. And then, you know, obviously the you know, Atlanta happened as well. And But I, I always struggled for my 20 years on the big tour with, being in contention, it was it was because you don't know what's going to happen, right? And I'm I guess I'm kind of a control freak. Uh, I I feel like I tout myself as somebody that is low key and and low stress, but you know, like a duck on water, right? He looks really calm sitting there, just sitting on the water. Right. His feet are pedaling like crazy, and and that's kind of that's how I was. And and I tried to the more nervous I was, the more calm I tried to look and and. I kind of fed my inner Fred Couples a lot, but the uh, you know I, I just it was a very uncomfortable situation. I do not miss that one bit. Uh, I don't miss the grind of day to day, and I definitely don't miss being in contention. To be honest with you, I hated missing cuts. <laughs> Believe me, it was awful. But you know that finishing twenty fifth, yeah, it's like it's not that bad. It's low stress. There's nothing, you know. There's no there's no big joy it's in that. Good. There's not a huge paycheck. Yeah, paycheck's fine. You know, it pays the bills, and and right. but you know that top ten. Then you start stressing about, oh my gosh, I gotta get in the top ten, and there's just too much. I I just had a hard time dealing with that, and and uh, you know I, I I got through it a couple times, and and happened to win, and I had some nice tournaments, but all in all, for 20 years, you know, I was a I was a middle of the road guy, and and uh, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the camaraderie. Um, you know, I enjoyed that part. I enjoyed the what I missed the most, Chris, is really the smell of jet fuel 
Um, I, I don't know why. I just I love airplanes. You know, airplanes. And then honestly, the checking checking into the hotel. I don't know why, but that's a that's a weird deal. But that I miss checking into hotels. Um, strange. So I, you know, my nickname in college was Psycho. So maybe that's a little bit of that. Right. But uh, you know, yeah. So I I do miss some parts of it, but I definitely don't miss the uh being in contention <laughs> i like what came with it i just didn't like that the nerve and stuff <laughs> you know, now you said it a moment ago it's interesting you you are afraid to win afraid to win why because of expectations that I that don't, I, puts out there you know i have no idea i don't i honestly i never i wish i had had a counselor back in the day to have sat down in front of somebody and 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 kind of walk them through it maybe they could tell me what i was afraid of i, I don't know for a fact that it was it was success it may have been failure. It may have been afraid of looking like a fool, uh, afraid of shanking it. Because I, you know, I was I was good for, you know, shank every I don't know a couple shanks a year anyway. So you just hate to have that on the last hole at Kapalua or something, right? Where you're <laughs> you're trying to hit a low draw, you get a high bottle rocket to the right. So I don't I don't know what it was. I just it was just I, I believe honestly it's innate that that fear of the unknown is what it really was. I, I believe and. Uh, you know that's a, that's a control issue. I mean, we we can get deep. We want to get philosophical and spiritual, but you know it's a it's a whole thing of uh, the, the Bible says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and, and petition, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Him." And so I, I think about that, and like that's the perfect scenario. That's the picture of what I should do if I'm nervous right. and I'm anxious. Lay it at his feet, you know, and, and he should give me peace. He can make it right. You know, I still shank a ball, but hopefully he'll give me the peace <laughs> to deal with the result. But, um, but I still, I'm human. And so, I, you know, that's, a, that's the, the map of what I should be doing. But, I, you know, it's hard yeah. to do it. And uh, so I'm human. And, and so I consequently, uh, I, didn't, I was anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you mentioned a moment ago too, Paul, that you know you, you were heading into the last event and you needed to make the cut and you didn't make the cut and then you had to, you know, go back to Q school. When you when you're thinking, you know, it, it, there's pressure enough, you know, trying to to win a golf tournament, but when you're trying to make a cut to keep your card or going through Q school to get your card, I can't imagine that you know there's any more pressure than that because if you you don't get it, you're out. Is that is that worse yeah. or better? You know, it's all the same. There again, it's it's the same nerve. Now, we as athletes, um, the pressure that's put on us uh, in the day-to-day action, right? So when you're under the gun, there's pressure. Period. Whether you're putting it on yourself or not, there's a innate pressure, it, it, excitement. Uh, there's a thrill to it, right? Q school, yep. okay. The the ultimate pressure cooker. If your ultimate uh, uh, goal is to make the PGA Tour. If you pour, if you play poorly at Q School, you'll never play on the PGA Tour, right? Unless you are Justin Leonard and don't have to go to Q School or Tiger Woods. But 99.99% of the people that ever played the Tour went through Q School and got their card. So from that being said, that's the pressure cooker. But it's what you put on yourself. So, I, you know, I at Q School, I always played it like Texas Hold'em. Um, always. So when I'm – when I was at uh, – uh, Palm Springs in in 1993 uh, at the finals, uh, walking up the 18th fairway at the Nicholas Tournament Course. Uh, I needed to make a par, and I wiggled my way off the tee box with a one iron into the fairway. And if you've ever been out to the PGA to PGA West, the Nick the Tournament Course, not the Stadium Course, 
um, has water fronting the right side of the screen and big clubhouse in the background and the two-tier green and the pin was like middle frontish. Um, and my caddy, Mark Amen from El Paso, who's my teammate, his nickname was Sparky. Okay, so not, not really a, a nickname of a guy you want on your bag when you're under pressure. You want a guy named like Smooth <laughs> or Calm or – but Sparky was great. I love him. And, and he, uh, he was like sprinting off the tee box, like, come on, Stanko, let's go. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, I said, come back, come back here. We gotta, we, and so I started singing this song. This is, I'm going to take you back. It's a guy named Rich Mullins. Um, and he sang a song back in the day. It was called, uh, the, the lyric was, hold me, Jesus. I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? And I started singing that and it didn't, it didn't help. I wasn't, I wasn't any more calm again, but, uh, but it was good <laughs> to sing it and take my mind off of the moment. But uh, he uh, we get up there and anyway, I hit the ball on the green and I, I two putt and I get my card. I mean, that what a thrill, right? I, I came from the right. Golden State tour. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I get my card. Funny story about this in sidebar. I know I'm rambling, but, um, that's but that's okay. how I roll. So the, the first <laughs> hole that you, we, the courses we played that year, the Nicholas tournament course and the La Quinta dunes course. Okay. And so the, I get my pairings. And, and I see, I, I tee off the first day of Q school in 1993 on the dunes course, 10th tee box. Okay. So I'm now that means nothing to you. Um, to me, when I played in the tournament of, uh, the Southern California tournament of club champions. So it's all the club champions of all the courses in Southern California gathered for a big tournament of champions at La Quinta dunes course. Okay. And like in 1986 or five or something like that, right? I'm in high school. My dad's caddying for me. We start on the 10th tee of the dunes course, right? Yeah. So my dad's on the bag. My first tee shot, I pull it left in the water. I have to re-tee because it, it didn't cross. Because tee ball, yeah. water off the tee, and then it cuts. Second ball, dad, give me another ball, re-tee, in the water. Oh, dad, another ball, in the water. Okay, three tee wow. shots in the water. My very first hole, I made a 10. I shoot 96 or 7, 96. Okay, fast forward, 1993, I look at my tee time. Where do I start? The 10th tee, La Quinta. No. I haven't played that golf course since. So yeah. when I get my pairings, I'm freaked out, okay? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I get to the 10th tee, <laughs> the first hole of Q school. My, you know, here it is, man. And all I could think of is I put a sleeve of baladas in this thing in, you know, five years ago. and. Right. Uh, and I and I piped it down the right side of the fairway. I knocked it on the green. I made birdie on the first hole. I shot nice. 66. And and I went off to get my card. And I called my dad back that night. And I said, Dad. He goes, What'd you shoot? I said, I shot 66. He's like, That's a lot better than 96. <laughs> and I said, Yes, indeed. So pretty funny. But but you know the nerves. Like I say, the Q school nerves were 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 tough. And but like I say, I played like Texas Hold'em. So uh, you know, if you ever watch the World Series of Poker. You don't see a guy on the first day going all in on the first hand. You know, it's like it's stupid. You might win the hand, but who cares? You you've still got right. you got to get to the final table. So it's nice to be patient and hold your chips back. And and that's what I tried to do at Q School. In the desert, uh, both courses, the, the stadium course and the Nicholas tournament course. There's there's a hole on each golf course that is to me, to my eye, super intimidating. And and one is a par five on the on the nickel on the the stadium course, I forget the number, I think it's 14 or something, but there's water left off the tee and bunker and moguls on the right. 
And then the second shot, there's water right of the green, and then moguls and, sec- and stuff on the left of the green. So it's a hole that, that if you hit driver off the tee, you can get there with like a three iron or something in your hand, right, for me. Um, but the tee shot's intimidating because the fairway kind of sits from right to left a little bit, so you've got to hug the, the left side near the water. And if you don't carry the water, you've got to re-tee kind of thing, right? So the, the tee right. shot is nerve-wracking with the driver. And then from there, if you do hit it in the fairway, you've got a three iron in your hand to a skinny green that, that kind of angles from left to right, water right, moguls left. I mean, another intimidating shot, right? High nerve shot. So I played the hole. Every year I, I did it, I played the hole with a hybrid off the tee, a six or seven iron lay up in the fairway, in the fat part of the fairway, and then a sand wedge onto the green. And, and I made some birdies and I made some pars, uh, never made right. a bogey. Um, but so it was low stress. Right, so I could either play the whole high stress. We already a high stress week, right? High stress, um, very little reward because I mean, what's an eagle? I mean, in 108 holes, you make an eagle on one hole. But, well, okay, it saves you a shot. I mean, no big deal, right? right? I mean, it's not in the grand scheme of things. You just need to make it. Um, but I, so I try to keep everything as even keel and as low stress as possible. So that's how I did that. And then on the other hole, the other golf course, there's an island green par five. I think it was number 15, I believe. Same thing. You can drive it way down there and, and go for the green, but it's an island green. Now, it's a bigger green, but it's still an island. So a miss, an errant three iron or hybrid or four iron or whatever it is, and you've got re, to re-hit one. And I, uh, right. so I, I laid up. I always laid up off the tee or, or hit it to the right side and then laid up and then hit a sandwich in the green. And I tried to be really calm and boring at Q School and held my chips back. And then the last couple of days, depending on where I was at, usually I was in decent shape. If I needed to push the pedal down, then I would. Uh, and if you know, but uh, thankfully, I you know I just plotted my way around enough at Q School that I kept the, the the nerves down enough, the intensity level down enough that I got through. I think three or four times, um, failed a couple times, but um, and so tournament wise, tournament golf is different because you got four rounds. There is a cut. You know, everyone is pedal to the metal now. And these young players are are they're it's out of control, man. They're so good and they're they're. You know, they come out of the womb hitting it 300 yards now <laughs> and fearless. And so these guys, when they tee it up every week, it's, it's uh, you know, pedal down. They used to be back in the 80s and 90s on the PGA Tour. You know, the first couple of days, you just wanted to get yourself in position. Saturday, quote, moving day, right? That was moving day. Right. I don't, you don't hear much about that anymore because Thursday's moving day. I mean, guys are wanting to get in position now. Um, and And they're doing it. And so – it's a different it's a different animal and and uh and i do not miss it there chris <laughs> so since the theme of the show seems to be about nerves i'm curious paul you know in 2004 i was looking back over a lot of the shots that you played you know videos and that sort of thing you mentioned the players championship earlier you, in the third round in 2004 at the players championship you shot 66 you finished with four straight birdies including one on 17 talk about nerves where you had a nine iron to six inches on that island green so is that a scary you know is that one of the scariest shots in golf or do we as golf fans and amateurs you know put more into it than it really is for you know guys at your level you know, it is it is a scary shot if you're looking at the water. Um, if you're looking where you want the ball to go, you kind of tune everything out. And you know, we'll go we'll go Bible again. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and and yeah. a, you've heard the story of Peter. Uh, you know, everybody has heard Jesus has walked on the water, right? Okay, well, Peter right. also walked on the water, and he was in the boat. And Jesus came out to him, and and Jesus said, "Come on out here." And so Peter got out of the boat and was standing on the water. And then it, then the Bible says. And then he, he saw the wind and the waves, 
and he began to sink. Sink. <clears throat> and so, what I take from that is, you know, he when he had his eyes fixed on his on his prize, the Lord, he was fine. The moment he saw the elements, the wind, the waves, he began to sink. And so, if we could keep our eyes focused on where we want to go, you know, where's our destination? So, on the golf course on 17 at, at Sawgrass, pins back right. In this case, the pin was back right, not the Sunday pin that we see. It was, it was the Saturday pin. It was back center-ish, which is a hard pin to get close to because of the ridge. And, and um, you're looking at a spot you wanted to land on, middle of the green, 20 feet short of the hole, whatever it is. There's my spot, 146 yards or whatever, and this is what I want to do. So if, if you're dialing all those numbers in and you look at where you want the ball to go, then you're not thinking about anything else. You, nobody can think of two things at one time clearly, right? You can't right. be completely focused on two things at once. I can watch TV and hear the TV and focus and hear my wife calling my name or my kids, but, I, but what, something is going to give, right? And so in golf, right. if you're focused on where you want the ball to go, then you're not focused on what could happen, right? And so that's what we need to do. And the best players out there are the ones that can tune everything out but what they want. You know, like, what was that Costner movie? And he said, clear the mechanism, and you can hear it. Right. For the love like, of the all game. all the wind, everything came out. For love of the game. There you go. And, and that's the deal. So, I mean, it, it, is it hard? Absolutely. The guys who can't master that, do they, do they fail um, at, at achieving their goals? Yes, they do fail. Because if you cannot tune out the the distraction and focus on what you want, you'll never have success to the level that you want. Um, right. it, you can get lucky. Everybody's hit a lucky shot, but to, to continue to repeat excellent golf shots and, and uh, under the pressure, um, that, that's why you don't see everybody winning nine times. You see a few guys because those guys are special. They've got something in hate, inherent in them uh, that is better than most. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I had it sometimes, um, and and a lot of times I didn't, but I but I like I say that Texas Hold'em. I, I tried to later in my career I, I keyed on the word process. Um, so focusing on the process, not the result, right. um, which is highly important in, in no matter what you're doing. And patience, that's a great word. So if I have a downhill lie uh, over a green, it, it's a tough little chip, and I got a tight thin downhill lie, whatever. I I tell myself be patient with my stroke. Uh, because inv- invariably, when you're not impatient, you flinch, and when you flinch, your hands flinch, and when you hands flinch, Vin Scully comes off your golf ball. So we, uh, <laughs> I start to say, stay patient, and 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 those are things that that I think great players do is they stay patient in their thoughts, patient in their actions, um, and and it you know it, it definitely helps. Impatience isn't good at home with your kids, with your wife right. on the golf course. Uh, in radio, like right now, you're probably saying, "Would you shut up? We, we've blown past the commercial break." But be patient, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, just a couple more before we let you go. First, first of all, you you know you talked about not missing you know the pressure and all this stuff. I know you played three tour events last season. Are we going to see you out there this year? Uh, I, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, if I get in somewhere, I'll go play. Um, if I've been working at it, but uh, it doesn't look like where I'm at in my category right now, which is that past champion veteran member category. Um, the, the spots are getting smaller and smaller, or the starts are for the, for those guys, and and I'm pretty far down in that category. So I I don't think so. You know, it it, it looks like I might maybe at the end of the year get in Reno, uh, and that's fun when I love Reno. So I hope I do. And and uh, you know, but I was surprised last year. I got into John Deere. Uh, I got into Reno and into Puerto Rico, but, but I had a better starting point at, early in the season. So 
Um, I'll try to Monday qualify for the Byron Nelson here in Dallas because it's home. And uh, right. and who knows? If I can strike, uh, you know, strike gold and, and qualify and, and make the cut, you know, then I shuffle up a little bit. I might get in one or two later in the year. But, I, you know, I enjoy the process. I, 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 wish I, I wish I could play a couple times, and I hope I do get an opportunity. Um, I, I haven't uh, – I mean, since I got my card at 93, I've, I've played at least – one tournament a year, uh, every year, and and uh, I'd hate to miss out on, on uh, the excitement that is the PGA Tour, and, and it'd be great to see my buddies and and uh, and just kind of you know I, walking the fairways now. My last hole uh, in Reno last year, it's it, sta- uh, what do they call it, Stableford scoring system, and um, right. I didn't even get to finish my last hole. I played number nine, I missed the cut, but I I hit my tee shot on 18, the par five, and I hit it up the left side over the hill, and I thought it'd be fine, but. Um, 10 years ago have been fine because I used to hit it 30 yards farther, but now I'm a dink and dunk and, and I hit it over the hill and I get up there. I couldn't find my ball. And so I could have walked back 300 yards or 265 yards to the tee um, <laughs> and replayed. But, you know, if you don't finish the hole, you just take plus three points. And I was missing the cut. So I walked in and it was a, it was a very humbling feeling to think that, you know, I played my first round of golf, my first tee shot as a professional golfer at Mesquite Country Club, the Palm Springs Open in, on the Golden State Tour. My first tee shot as a pro ever, as a pro, I hit out of bounds with a one iron. And my last tee shot, now I, I may never play again. I don't know. If I don't get an opportunity, I may never play. I didn't even finish my hole. That'd be an amazing bookend to a career, wouldn't it? First <laughs> tee shot out of bounds, last hole, didn't even get to finish. Um, oh, and that would be, honestly, that Chris, that would be, that would be fitting for me. Uh, and, and I... <laughs> I kind of hope it happens that way, but I but I want to play again. So maybe uh, maybe I'll have maybe when I get to turn fifty, I'll uh, I'll get to play a few more times, and it'll be fun. There but you go. Anyway, I, I I hope to tee it up somewhere. Maybe maybe I'll uh, I don't know. I wish we still played Atlanta Country Club. Uh, that that'd be that'd be fun to go back there, and maybe the Champions Tour will play there someday. What do you think? There you go. So, Paul, unfortunately, you're a Cowboys fan, and I guess everyone has to have one flaw, so that's yours. How how do you feel about the game Sunday up in Lambeau Field against the Packers? You know, I, I feel I feel really good about it. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are showing themselves to be a great team, and obviously the Packers are a great team. Um, it's going to be cold. I don't think it's going to be snowy, but uh, we'll see. It's been a fun year. You know, as a Cowboys fan uh, my whole life, I got to – I got to see some good stuff in the seventies. I got to see some good stuff in the early nineties and uh, not so much since then. And uh, so it's been fun to watch Tony, um, you know, finally uh, get recognized as, as, as the quarterback he is. He's a great quarterback and he's had a great career. You know, if we're, if we're going about, if we're only judging our career on, on Super Bowls, obviously he's failed there. Um, but if, if you look at his numbers over the years, he's as good as anybody. Uh, and and uh, so it's been fun to watch him perform. I think Jerry Jones should get owner of the year. Uh, he's finally, whether it's uh, him giving in or, or his son, you know, strong arming him or something, but they're finally putting together some, some uh, a great front in front of Tony to, to block for him and open up holes for, for their running backs and, um, it seems like he's, you know, he's been dogged for years, and rightfully so, I think. But, um, but they put together a really good team, and and uh, I like how they stack up. You know, if 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 nothing weird happens, and and we know in the playoffs weird things happen. I mean, this this could be fifty-five nothing Green Bay. It could be fifty-five nothing Dallas. It could be, you know, seventeen seventeen uh, in overtime. We we you know, right. I, no one knows, right? Nobody knows. I mean, these are two great teams. 
Um, really cool. I mean, the Ice Bowl was how long ago? Uh, and and it's uh, <laughs> here we go, number two. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think the Cowboys win. I really do. I, I think uh, I think it'll be a ground pound game. Obviously, maybe on both ends. And and uh, um, I think Dallas wins twenty four seventeen. Ah, I'm going to write that down. Dallas 24-17. All right. So one last one, Paul. I know you play some fantasy football. We need to get you into our league on the uh, on our sister show on uh, on the football side, Thursday night tailgate. But yeah. um, some guys killed your team this year. For me, it was Matthew Stafford and Shady McCoy. Completely derailed my season. Who was it for you? Well, I'm an excellent owner. So I, I had the third pick of the draft, and I picked Adrian Peterson. So you would think that my, my season was over. My season, <laughs> you would think it was over. Uh, my second pick, though, was, was uh, Arian Foster. And, um, and so I ended up uh, – I, I won our, we won our league. Um, oddly enough, my two quarterbacks were Rivers and Cam Newton. And we, we chose very wisely each time. We only, we only messed up, I think, once where we started the wrong guy. But um, my team on paper, you're looking at you're like, I had, Ari, I had Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers. You know, neither one of those guys. You're going, oh, that's money. Um, I had uh, Arian Foster, which was great. My other running backs, Chris Johnson. Um, I picked up Joan. I picked up Jonas Gray and it started the week before. He went for 40 points, and then he did right. nothing. Uh, I had. Uh, I mean, I had no. I had a bunch of just randoms um, at running back. I, I, in my wide receivers, Alson Jeffrey. I had uh, who, who was great. I picked up. Uh, Beckham, right when uh, Cruz went down. Oh, there you go. Like, so How in the world did you pick. win? Yeah, well, that, I, we had great moves. So, yes, I, I, I am a great owner. Uh, I partnered with a buddy of mine, <laughs> Jeff Fry, that uh, we were both co-owners. But uh, we won. It was great. Uh, we were 7-6 and six in the season, and uh, the regular season, and, and went on to – was it 7-6 and six or 8-6? and six? Anyway, we weren't very good. We were barely over 500, limped in, won the last game to get into the playoffs, and uh, steamrolled. So there you go. Nice. Bada bing, bada bip, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> That's awesome. Paul, remind our listeners how they can follow you both online and over social media. Uh, uh, social media, we're at Twitter, at, at Paul Stankowski. Um, uh, what else is there? Um, oh, yeah, our, my business, Francis Edward, is at yeah. Francis Edward under, underscore. Um, so a little underscore at the end of the, the name. And then on, on Facebook, we're at Francis Edward USA, I believe. Um, but, uh, but that's, yeah, that's it. I'm, uh, I did, I'm doing a little, um, analyst work for, uh, Sirius XM PJ tour network. Uh, I did a couple in the fall and I'll, I'll do a few here this year. Not a lot. I don't have time, but, uh, uh we'll be at the PGA show, uh, in a week and a half, uh, Booth thirty-eight fifty-eight. So if anybody going to Orlando, there stop by booth thirty-eight fifty-eight, and and uh, yeah, I'll be on this show every whenever you ask me, Chris. This is fun. I appreciate that, Paul, very much. You know, you're always welcome here. Thank you for taking time out of your morning to be a part of the show again. I hope the PGA show ends with another top product award for you and and your company, Francis Edwards. Like I've said on this show and over Twitter, my dream fisum is my father, you, Bob Friend Jr. And Eric Johnson, I think that would just be an absolutely fantastic day, both on and off the course. And uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, for continuing to support the show, Paul, and joining me again here. Thanks, Chris. That, that'd be a lot of fun to tee it up with you. I appreciate it. Same here. All right, Paul, take All right, care. Paul. All the best to you and your family and your father, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again real soon.
Likewise, Chris. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Paul Stankowski, ladies and gentlemen, and I tell you what, I am I couldn't be more sincere when I say he, Bob Friend Jr., Eric Johnson, and my father, Dream Fison. You know, Paul, so much fun. I mean, you know, you want to talk about, you know, Great fun, not not only when you you know playing on the golf course, but just to sit down and, and chat with him, listen to him to help him tell stories. He is absolutely fantastic, as you just heard. So uh, my thanks to Paul, and uh, and uh, we look forward to having him back on the show again, hopefully, really soon. All right, before we close up shop, let me remind you one more time about a great book that's out there. It's called The Golden 18, written by Roger Schiffman, and the photography is by one of our friends and one of the great photographers anywhere on the planet, Jim Mandeville. Jim, you know, is the director of photography at the Nicholas Companies. The book showcases some of Mr. Nicholas's greatest course designs. The stories about the courses are wonderful, and the photography is just absolutely out of this world. In fact, like I say on this show every week, it's so good, you're going to want a second copy of the book just so you can take the pictures out and frame them. To get your copy, go to nicholas.com and hover over Products and Partners on their toolbar uh, on, uh, along the top, and then click on Books and Videos. If you love golf and stunning photography, you're going to absolutely go nuts over this book. All right, everybody, it's time to put a bow on this one. My sincere thanks once again to Paul Stankowski for being such a great guest with me this morning. Love Paul so much. We thank uh, you for tuning in. We appreciate you the most. Please also check out our sister show. You heard me mention it a moment ago, Thursday Night Tailgate with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. It's all, it can also be found on Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. over on uh, Boost Radio, and you can hear us as well on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Uh, we're joined every week by legends from around the NFL and the CFL. Please also check out both shows on Facebook. Give us a like. That's important to us, too. You can find us online, this show, nextonthetea.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. Go to either side. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free and keep up to date with uh, who, who our future guests are going to be. Thanks again for choosing to listen to this show today. We appreciate that very much. Until next week, hit him straight, my friends. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better. Like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better. 